Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, chickens. This is the fabulous Adam Richard, and I have a theory. Oh, hey, chickens. Uh, we are getting a recap of The Mask of Andragora from Matt now. Uh, the delightful Matt, who is one of our Patreon subscribers, uh, patreon.com forward slash Adam Richard, if you want to become a theorist or a theoretician. Um, uh, so here we go, Mask of Andragora, episode one. It's the opening of the 1976 season of Doctor Who and my birth story. Yay, it's Matt's birth story. Uh, I popped out in between episodes three and four. I like to think the anticipation and excitement of the story's finale sent my mum into labour. <laughs> Dancing Queen is number one in the charts. Oh, heaven! Uh, and Doctor Who takes us to 15th century Italy where a load of old gays are mincing around San Martino worried about the stars. <laughs> All put together, coming into a world, this camp, it's no wonder I turned out the way I did. <laughs> Uh, arguably, arguably, I can't speak English. Arguably, the best TARDIS team in Sarah and the Fourth Doctor. He's not Welsh. Um, oh yeah, Matt thinks my impression of the Fourth Doctor sounds Welsh. Um, it's just because every time you talk like that, you sound Welsh. Uh, <laughs> Uh, wonder, <laughs> the fourth Doctor wandering the TARDIS once again, adding to the scale of the ship. Something so rarely done and marvelling at the size of the boot cupboard that doesn't show any boots at all. <laughs> There's like a chaise lounge in there. Um, eventually they stumble into the secondary control room, a beautiful Jules Verne uh, sci-fi inspired room. All wood panelling, stained glass and uh, a shaving mirror. Um, it's such a great look for the ship and fits the era so perfectly. Was McGann's console room the secondary too? <laughs> oh, yeah, because that's a massive one with all the giant um, stonework. Um, it appears the last time the Doctor used it was in his third self. No, we're ignoring the timeless children stuff here. Uh, <laughs> due to the presence of his costume hanging dustily on one of the barriers around the tiny bureau-style console. 
I don't want to draw too much attention to this because Big Finish will probably base a whole new series around the third Doctor and the secondary console, console room. Coming soon. Three plus two equals five. Series one, the time war or something. Um, a character options TARDIS gets stuck in a plug hole effect. <laughs> uh, and our team find themselves stuck in a CSO nightmare of a museum precious stone display. The budgetary constraints are compounded when they get attacked by a CSO sparkler. I'm probably being a little harsh. The CSO is unusually good and no one is particularly given a ready breck halo. <laughs> Not sure if you have ready breck. It's a breakfast porridge thing. The adverts would put a warm orange glow around people who ate it, like the blue or green halo you used to get around bad CSO. Oh, right. Yeah, no, we don't have that. Um, running away from all this, as the TARDIS dematerializes, you hear a deep, evil laugh. As I remember, this is never explained. Could it be the master? Is this all part of some nefarious plan? No, I think it's just the helix, the Mandragora helix. The doctor says it's got a consciousness somewhere at the middle of it. Um, elsewhere, some peasants are being attacked in a big game of how much hay can you set on fire? <laughs> seems to be a very popular game in wherever this is and everyone is seemingly having a lot of fun the men on horses appear to be winning as they're setting a lot of hay on fire pat gorman claxon one of doctor who's regular background faces face theory <laughs> well he's just written face theory like oh so what the, the same person is turning up everywhere is that the theory are you asking me for a theory i don't even know what this means maybe we're going to have come back to face theory. Uh, then we meet two gays who are witnessing one of their dad's deaths, as predicted by a member of ZZ Top Hieronymus. <laughs> yes, it's all getting a bit surreal. How on earth this was allowed to be broadcast at tea time on BBC One is a mystery. The bulges and sheer tightness of the tights is enough to make this 18 rated at least. Oh, Matthew, what are you doing? Um, the men are called Rudy Giuliani and Marco Rubio or something, but they're very clearly doing it. <laughs> Who said doing it? Um, uh, then an old gay turns up. You can tell they're all gay because, well, no straight man spends that much time on their hair. And where on earth are they getting the hairspray and product from? I smelled the master again in some evil hair-based scheme. Oh, don't, because Peter will be all up in arms about his Time Lord wig business. Um, Giuliano questions his uncle going out to enjoy sport in inverted commas, amongst the peasants, almost infers he's been out down the local cruising spot. It's not unbelievable considering his hair. There's no hint of wives for any of these blokes. <laughs> yeah, there's no women. Like, Sarah's the only woman in this entire story. <laughs> um, the TARDIS finally arrives in northern Wales. I mean 15th century Italy, as portrayed by the beautiful town of Port Murian, uh, best known as the village in the 60s show The Prisoner. To this day... It looks the same and an incredible stand-in for Italy. Indeed, I once managed to convince co-workers that I'd gone to Italy for a holiday using snaps of my visit to Port Marion. I wanted to go there. When I was in um, Wales on my Doctor Who holiday, I wanted to go there, but it just was like the weather was terrible and I couldn't be bothered going all that way because it's miles away. Um, so I think I just... I think I just went to the Mumbles instead to see where Catherine Cedar-Jones was from. Uh, some dudes in black robes. It's, I've, I've distracted Matt's story. Some dudes in black robes have decided to kidnap Sarah, all of which happens off screen. Perhaps a bit hashtag me too for a Saturday night audience. Despite the indecent tights bulging being deemed perfectly acceptable. 
Uh, it's great to see Tom Baker's acting turning on a sixpence here, flying from a little light-hearted monologue to a commanding order to put her down gently to the kidnappers. Did that sound Welsh? Um, it's easy to see how his doctor became a template for the role that stays to this day. The only thing lacking here, however, is when he breaks into some good old-fashioned Venusian Aikido. It's great to see this uh, kiss back to Pertwee, but it's nothing without the cry of, Hi! Um, the sparkler, meanwhile, having hidden out <laughs> back in the boot cupboard of the TARDIS, makes its way out, unbeknownst to the Doctor, and very politely closes the door behind it. It's nice to see a malevolent force for evil invading a planet, but maintaining manners and decorum. <laughs> Imagine it's the kind of killing entity that would stick to the countryside code and wouldn't litter or use disposable barbecues in appropriate places. <laughs> Stuart Fellclaxon, um, another of Doctor Who's regular background faces. I have a theory that the universe has a finite amount of faces available. Oh, here we go, face theory. Um, a finite amount of faces available, and that's why you see so many recurring throughout the series. It's a continuation of the how much hay can you set on fire game, and the Mandragora energy has decided to join in. Uh, uh, bonus points for finishing off its <laughs> move by turning Stuart Fell blue. Uh, Mandra coronavirus energy. Quick, Italy, get vaccinated. Oh, poor Italy. They did not have a good time in all that. Um, the doctor suddenly realises that everything that's happening is actually his fault. Bringing the Mandragora Helix energy here has caused trouble and people's deaths are all down to his actions. Look out, Big Finish, we'll get ideas again. A Marvel-style what-if series where they ask the question, what if the Doctor had never turned up? Which will be 18 box sets of civilizations living happy and contented lives with no problems at all because the Doctor never arrived. <laughs> uh, elsewhere, Marco is with Giuliano polishing his weapon. Tea Time Saturday's Family TV. Enough said. Um, the doctor is confronted by guard. The doctor confronted by guards pops his orange on the end of a sword, which is pure Tom Baker bit of business. You can almost see him coming up with it on the spot. He's been brutally hit around the head with a rock, and now knocked out once again. This seems to happen quite often to the doctor. No wonder he's a bit eccentric and off his rock. <laughs> Sarah, meanwhile, has been taken into a dark cavern with a big altar in the middle. A mysterious figure with a skin colour that suggests he's not seen sunlight in some time. And a John Pertwee-style bouffant hairdo is, oh my God, it's the Doctor Who fan group. <laughs> Sarah's stuck in companion cliche hell. However, as the decision is made to sacrifice her to the group's figurehead, Ian Levine. I mean, Demnos. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, such a shame. She's wearing such a pretty dress. In the meantime, however, the Doctor is to be executed as a spy. Gay imagery abounds once more as the campery continues with an old leather queen with an axe <laughs> waiting the order from old gay uncle Federico, who himself appears to be carrying a whip <laughs> to make the cruelest cut to the Doctor's neck. Once again, no women are in sight anywhere whatsoever. It's small wonder the men are all buddying up together. Oh, that is the end of part one of Matthew's recap. Thank you, Matt. Um, and yes, it is very camp. <laughs> I wonder if this is the... Maybe this is why I can't remember this episode. Maybe I was having feelings <laughs> as a child. Who knows what was going on in my head. Uh, all right, we will continue Matt's recaps uh, with the next episode. Um, this has been very good fun. <laughs> oh, they're not as filthy as Peter's. It's more, um, it's a lot more innuendo than Peter's outright sweariness. <laughs> but who knows? Things could get fruity as we go along. <laughs> 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. 